baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you. And this segment, we have Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns. Mickey, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Now, Mickey, before we, we get to uh, the things that have been announced over the last few weeks, I, I want to follow up on what was going on the last time we talked to you. Uh, you were outside of the stadium, and I want to know how that event went during the Blue Jays-Yankees series. Joe, thank you so much. It was awesome to see Major League Baseball, but was what was even better is the number of people that came by uh, to make a pledge for the post, uh, shaking the hands of the veterans. Uh, we sold nearly 3,500 flags. We had so many people and veterans who came over uh, to say thank you to our current veterans, but even veterans who came over to say uh, thank you for what you're doing to save the post and uh, to make sure that these facilities are uh, ADA compliant uh, for not only our veterans, but for reuse of our future veterans as we approach a, a very important day, uh, National Purple Heart Day on August 7th. So, uh, Joe, thanks for asking. Uh, we had a meeting with our team and uh, after COVID. Of course, COVID slowed us down a little bit, but we're, we're back in the saddle, and uh, we're going to be out uh, raising money for our veterans. 100% of the money goes towards helping uh, making these facilities AD a compliant, of course, upgrading the facilities, whether it's electric and other things that they need. So it was just a, it, I felt so great in the sense of um, that so many people came over and said thank you. And, of course, we have to thank Elegant Development for the use of their parking lot and uh, all of our sponsors. That is awesome. Now, you mentioned uh, future fundraisers. Are, is there any uh, future fundraiser for that that you would like to uh, announce here? Well, we're working in partnership with Bank on Buffalo. Uh, the president of Bank on Buffalo and his team came out, uh, and they made a, a $500 donation, a down payment. Uh, that's in addition to only over $20,000 that they committed to post 735 uh, which was a $130,000 project that was completed for $50,000. So uh, Bank on Buffalo, uh, Russell Salvatore, who's been a great uh, sponsor, he donated nearly $50,000. And we just have so many people that want to give back to the vet. So uh, it's it's planning. We're in the planning process, but we'll let you know, Joe. You'll be the first to know so people can participate. I appreciate that. All right. Now, speaking of vets, you also have called on Purple Heart recipients to be honored. What is this uh, this new program? Sure. Uh, we've been doing this. It's, uh, it's called the William J. Donovan Book of Merit, and I think it's important to honor the brave men and women who served and sacrificed for our country. Uh, they were able to maintain uh, the reward of uh, our local heroes. We want to keep that record. The county clerk's office uh, is the keeper of the record for the DD-214. 
And the Purple Heart is the oldest military decoration uh, awarded to members of the U.S. military who were wounded or killed by serving uh, in action. And William Donovan, it's very interesting. Obviously, he's a South Buffalo guy. Uh, the reason why we named him after William Donovan, he is the only one that has the distinction to have the Medal of Honor, like our, our great hero, David Bellavia, the Distinguished Service Cross, the Distinguished Service Medal, the National um, Security Medal, and the Silver Star, and of course, the Purple Heart. So we used to have a building named after him, uh, but Donovan uh, was the father of the American intelligence, the CIA. So it's, it's really a solemn distinction uh, because of these great sacrifices, and it began with President Washington, uh, the badge for military merit. And it's one of the things I wanted to do when I became third, Joe, is I wanted to really recognize uh, the veterans who gave so much for us. It's a very solemn day. Unfortunately, it's a sad day, but it's a day to pause, and it's a day to remember, and that's what we're doing with the Book of Merit. And these Purple Heart families, there's a link they can go to and a, uh, a date to get these in by, correct? Sure. Um, we'd like to get them in as soon as possible. There's a short application. If you go to salutes at erie.gov, or you can even call if you don't have access to the Internet at uh, 858-6787, and we'll get you. It's a very short application, and we'll help you through that, a one-pager. Uh, but we normally, so we used to have a big event. We near, had nearly 400 to four, 400 people the first year in 2018, but with COVID, what we're going to do is uh, we go individually to the people's homes. This will be another year when we do this uh, to make sure that our veterans are safe. Next year, we'll probably have a pretty big celebration, but we go to them, we meet with their families, and we work with the uh, Purple Heart Legion, Russell Ward, who goes with us and his team, and they go out and we shake their hand, we give them a word. Uh, it's very, very emotional for many of these men and women because in many instances, especially our Vietnam veterans, uh, they've never been told thank you. Mickey, I think this is uh, the stuff that you're doing with the vets. I have to tell you, I, I, I know it's appreciated in the, in, with the veterans, and uh, I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I, uh, I love hearing these stories, and I, 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 can't wait to see, um, I can't wait to see how this progresses. Joe, it's so important. To re- My dad served in Korea. And uh, I had four uncles that were in World War II. And my father used to always say, the reason why we fight these wars is not so other people can serve, that they never happen again. Anyone who saw cam- combat who's, who has been in any type of uh, service, uh, they will tell you that they don't want their sons or daughters or grandchildren to do that because uh, war is hell. War is not a good thing. So it's the last resort, but sometimes for democracy it's a necessary resort. So these men and women... Uh, they deserve more than what we give them on an everyday basis. And if this is the small thing we could do in the clerk's office, we were the first in the state of New York to have a book of merit, and I want to recognize uh, the Niagara County clerk. Uh, we work with them, and they also, too, if you're a Niagara County resident, uh, you can contact the Niagara County clerk's office. They also have a book of merit. So we've been working with them to help them over the years so they can do it. But I'm very proud of what we've done in the clerk's office, especially to remember William G. Donovan. I mean, he was a hero, a very important person in our history, and he's a local person uh, who deserves this recognition. Mickey, also speaking of things going on within the clerk's office, uh, the Stay in Your Home campaign, uh, what's the update on that? Sure. You know, we had a summit with over 100 participants. Uh, uh, We worked with code enforcement officers, elected officials, and what we're telling people is that if you're experiencing a hardship, 
due to COVID-19 or any other issues, there may be options available to you through your mortgage service provider. There's something called uh, forbearance, and that allows a uh, a borrower to suspend or reduce payments for a a specific amount of time. Uh, Maybe get into a loan modification or a repayment plan. But here's the thing. There are free services to help you through this difficult process. And I've been working on this for quite some time. And as you know, um, the Stay in Your Home campaign, you do not have to leave your home until the foreclosure process is complete. The For uh, Erie County Clerk's Office, that's where the Liz pendant begins. Uh, we normally get about 2500 a year. Uh, this year, we've had less than 500 So sounding the alarm that you know there could be a major filing with the end of the moratoria, uh, meaning that the banks could not uh, file these foreclosures, and they're going to start doing that again. So remember, uh, don't ignore um, any of these different things that are coming from the banks. Uh, you can contact us at uh, 828-8429. That's our hotline. So if you're experiencing that hardship due to COVID-19, so you have people that have lost, people, maybe a, uh, a second uh, income, you have people that have lost a second job. Uh, this is just the beginning, and I, I'm sounding alarm. You know, it, it could be a major crisis for our local municipalities, especially after this federal stimulus money dries up. Mickey, speaking of the those foreclosures, sometimes leading to zombie properties, any developments with uh, those? I remember a few months ago uh, you had these pictures of these properties in Clarence, New York. Uh, I just couldn't believe uh, the, the state they were in. Has there been any more of those popping up around Erie County? Absolutely. Absolutely. What we've been doing, um, we want people, if you have a zombie property in your neighborhood, please contact my office at 858-6985. That's my direct number. We need to know uh, these properties because, uh, you know, everyone phones at hard times, so don't panic. You know, we have help out there, but here's the thing, Joe. Um, we're bringing the banks to the table. We're the first county in the state of New York where the banks are actually sitting down with us at the Erie County Foreclosure Task Force. We're bringing, um, you know, code enforcement officers, and we're giving them tools. In that summit, we gave them a, a booklet of information and the tools so they can go out and they can handle these. And, of course, we're working with elected officials. I'll be going out meeting with elected officials. I'll be in the community going door-to-door meeting with these people and, and finding solutions. Is that what we've been saying to the banks? Sometimes the banks don't even know what the service providers are doing. And with the changes in Albany where they have to give contact information in the clerk's office, that's good legislation. That was a good law. Uh, I'm very proud of what the West New York delegation did, and Senator Tim Kennedy was a lead on that. So it, it, this is good stuff. But the thing, to answer your question, uh, if you cooperate with us, we're finding solutions. If not, uh, we'll bring in the hammer of the West New York Law Center, and uh, we just settled a lawsuit where uh, these banks are going to have to pay $500 a day if they if they don't cooperate or they they don't participate in the law. So, you know, if you live next to a zombie property, I don't care if you live in Amherst or Clarence, uh, you know, that is blight on your neighborhood. It needs to be taken care of, and that's what we're trying to do. Mickey, also speaking of changes in uh, in Albany, changes going around, you know, people are starting to travel again, and it's it's picked up. And a, a lot of people, I, I didn't know about this, but I think a lot of people are questioning, when's this real ID that everyone was talking about before the pandemic going in, and what do I need to do? Sure. Uh, it's a very important document. As you know, it goes back to the days when we were attacked 
uh, by terrorists, 9-11. Uh, we're, we're approaching the 20th anniversary of September 11th. And uh, because of the pandemic, it's been extended. The new date is May 3rd, 2023. And you're going to need original documentation. So in order to fly in the United States domestically, uh, you're going to need either a real ID or an enhanced driver's license. Only a U.S. citizen uh, can get enhanced driver's license. So you have to prove citizenship. Of course, and of course, um, you're going to need original documents, original birth certificate, uh, an original Social Security card, and then proof of uh, citizenship. And of course, uh, the one thing I always say, Joe, is uh, a marriage certificate. If you were married uh, during this time and you have a name change, uh, normally you can come to the DMV uh, locally. It's a standard driver's license. I can handle that. But because this is a federal ID, you have to prove how you got the name change, and that's either maybe through a marriage or a divorce decree. So uh, once again, if you need help with that, you can call 858-8864, 858-8864. And, Joe, you mentioned something, and I don't mean to lead into the next question. We've got some passport issues, too. So you're looking at 12 to 18 weeks. You mentioned travel. So you got to get that passport done um, because the lead time out, uh, they're very backed up, and the clerk's office you know, we uh, don't process that. Uh, we just take those in and we help people through the process. So that's another thing that people need to be prepared for. If, if they're going to do international travel, you need that passport. Yeah, you're thinking of that uh, that honeymoon. You don't want you don't want it to be a week before the wedding and go, oh wait, I don't have a passport. Boy, Joe, if you're going to do that, you're going to be in big trouble with your fiance. You better get that taken care of. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned how far the uh, the real ID, how we have until to get the real ID. But let me tell you, those dates come up pretty fast. I mean, it seemed like just yesterday I had over a year until my marriage, and now we're two months away. Joe, all the the women in Western New York are very sad that Joe's uh, <laughs> one of the most eligible bachelors. I'm sure you're marrying a, a beautiful person. But, yeah, you're right, Joe. I mean, if you think about it, um, original documentation, most people think they have that. But if you were, it's not where you're living today, uh, your birth certificate has to be an original birth certificate, meaning um, if you live in West Seneca but you were born at Mercy Hospital in South Buffalo, you have to go to City Hall and get that information, and you need an original certified uh, birth certificate, not one that you got in the hospital. I love the Sisters of Mercy, but it has to be an original certified according to the federal government. A Social Security card. Uh, most people forgot their Social Security card. They may have lost it. Well, you need that uh, that proof, whether it's a tax form. Uh, it's a federal ID. It's a very important document. And like you said, you don't want May, 20, May 3rd, 2023 to come upon you uh, and, and, and really you know, come fast and you're not prepared for it. So there's lots of documentation. Uh, it's important documentation. You have to get that done. And I just want to stress again, that is for the real ID, but there's also the long wait for the passports, as you said, Mickey, 10 to 12 weeks. Uh, I think that that would take a lot of people by surprise uh, if they didn't get the message that it is, you know, we are talking about, my math isn't the best, but we are talking about a three-month wait for a passport. Or longer, Joe. There's no guarantee. Uh, 12 weeks is an expedited, that's an additional $60. That's an expedited. Now the uh, State Department has gone in and stated that it may now be 18 weeks for a passport. Oh. So, you know, I've had a couple calls the other day of people saying, oh, how do I know I'm going to do this? I'm encouraging people. I know it's a little extra money, but I would get the expedited uh, passport, renew that. And uh, remember, 
you have to be six months out, meaning that uh, if you have six months or less on that passport, you have to get a new passport before you travel internationally to be uh, recognized by a foreign country. So lots to do to travel. But here's the thing I would say, Joe, uh, what a great time uh, to be able to travel. And, uh, you know, because of the post-pandemic and where we're at, um, it's a great, great time to do that. And I encourage people to do that because uh, we've been really locked up for such a long time. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, the the last year plus, uh, just looking back, being able to travel freely, um, I, I tell you, I can't wait to do it. I can't wait to get out of the state. Um, anything else going on in the clerk's office, Mickey, before we let you go? Joe, you know, once again, um, you know, if you come into our auto bureau, uh, we're doing great. Uh, we're encouraging people to make an appointment. Uh, if you don't have access to a computer, you can call 858-8864. We have same-day appointments, and we're encouraging people to get in uh, and make that appointment. Of course, Governor Cuomo has um, uh, completed his executive order, meaning that if you have a registration or a license that needs to be renewed, uh, if you get pulled over, you can get a ticket. And finally, I always say, uh, if you have peeling plates, get in. Um, we'll get you new plates. Don't even have to wait in line, and we'll get you all set and taken care of. If you have, uh, you know, vanity plates or specialty plates, of course, we have to work with Albany on that. It won't be a same-day transaction, but bring both plates in, and we'll get them done. Do not be driving around. I've been talking to law enforcement. Lots of people have peeling plates. No more excuses. Uh, you need to be updated on your registration, your license, and your plates. Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. And when we come back, we are going to play back some of Mayor Brown's comments from Thursday when he was on with Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEM. Joe Beamer with you for 25 more minutes. If you missed my interview with Congressman Brian Higgins, the Toronto Suns, Brian Lilly, or Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns, you can find all those on demand at WBEN.com and the Odyssey app. You can also find this interview in its entirety at WBEN.com and the Odyssey app. It is Mayor Byron Brown chatting with Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski after it was announced that $5 million would be set aside to tackle the surge in violence in the city. What exactly is going to be done with that money to address the problem? Because there's always this sense we get um, of whatever the issue is when new funding is announced that we're just kind of throwing money out there and hoping for the best as a result. How are things going to be targeted to make sure the end result is what we're hoping for? That's a a good question, Brian and Susan. Um, The optimal word is targeted. Um, These funds will be targeted to specific initiatives, specific activities. Uh, uh, Those activities will be based on uh, 
planning uh, and looking at data and what's happening in the community. So it could be uh, mentoring at-risk young people and young adults uh, that will take place. It could be counseling uh, at-risk young people and young adults. It could be employment opportunities uh, for uh, youth and young adults. Uh, uh, In ECMC, uh, it will be uh, working with people who are shooting victims, making sure that they get counseling, uh, making sure that Uh, There is intervention to stop retaliation. Um, uh, We know oftentimes when uh, violence occurs, not only in uh, the Buffalo community, but communities across the country, uh, some people want to solve things themselves. They want to retaliate. They want to go back at the person uh, who shot them, who wounded them, who killed a family member. So we need to interrupt that. We need to counsel people against that. So uh, the money will be targeted to a variety of different things uh, that will interrupt conflict behavior, violent behavior, uh, that will show people a sense of hope and opportunity uh, and ways to approach things in a more constructive and positive manner. It seems, Mayor, like a lot of people who have been leading these community organizations have been doing so in volunteer positions. Does it now mean that we're going to start paying them? Uh, There are many people who are working on violence prevention in our community that are volunteers, Uh, some that have been working with with stipends. Uh, That work has to be more full-time. There are people that are very professional that have gotten a lot of training in this area. I remember when I was Maston District Council member, I provided the first funding uh, to violence prevention organizations way back in 1997. I, I have been doing that in different ways as a council member, as a state senator, as mayor. So this is nothing new for me. Uh, I've been funding peacemakers as mayor with members of the city council for eight years now. So I'm glad that um, uh, state officials, state agencies, uh, federal agencies are all uh, providing uh, funds for violence prevention and intervention. Uh, I've been doing it for a very long, long time. Um, uh, Peacemakers is an organization uh, that um, I, as mayor and the city council, have been uh, funding significantly for eight years. There's no denying that there uh, is great work being done by these organizations, whether you're talking about the Peacemakers, uh, Stop the Violence, you know, all of these organizations involved. But, you know, police is another key part in this. And over much of the past week and a half or so, We've heard from a lot of people who are living in these communities who say they want to see an increased police presence in these neighborhoods. And we've kind of seen that response and we've heard from police that there will be an increased presence. Are you expecting that to make a difference in the immediate future? Uh, It absolutely does make a difference. It absolutely Uh, will make a difference, and it's making a difference right now. And I'm glad that you said that, Brian, because people in neighborhoods that have been hard hit by crime and violence are saying that they want more police. 
They're not saying that they want police to be defunded. They're not saying that they want $7.5 million immediately cut out of the police budget. They're saying that they want more police. They want more police presence. They want foot patrols. They want uh, police patrolling their neighborhoods. And there is a cost to that. I've already authorized uh, Police Commissioner Byron Lockwood uh, to uh, use overtime as, as necessary uh, to further increase police patrols. Uh, police patrols are already increased uh, uh, through a grant that we've received from the state. It's called the Give Grant. And so we have increased patrols. Uh, uh, we've started foot patrols in different areas of the city. You're going to see even more police on foot in the coming uh, days and weeks and months. Uh, in neighborhoods throughout the, the city of Buffalo, in our in some of our entertainment areas. So um, increasing police presence, police patrol, uh, uh, local law enforcement, uh, working uh, with state and federal agencies and the community uh, all make a difference. Mayor, the, this rise in, in violent and, and shootings is all happening during a mayoral campaign in the city. Why does it matter who is the mayor of Buffalo right now? Uh, well, it, it, it matters because you have uh, one candidate who is very inexperienced, who's got no government background, uh, saying that they want to defund the police department, uh, saying that they want to cut $7.5 million out of the police budget. Uh, when people in just about every section of the, the city are saying they want to see more police. They want increased police presence. They don't want people breaking into their homes. They don't want people breaking into their cars. They don't want people stealing their bikes and their lawn furniture from their, their homes. They don't want people shooting indiscriminately in their neighborhoods. They don't want three-year-old babies getting gunned down uh, out with their family uh, looking at fireworks. Uh, so that's why it matters. Uh, someone that wants to defund police and who does that uh, would lead an increase in crime and violent crime uh, in our city. Uh, they would contribute to uh, property values falling in our city. They would contribute to a ma mass exodus of people living in our city, uh, businesses investing in our city. It would represent a real danger to the future of the city of Buffalo and the region, for that matter. Uh, we cannot allow uh, that danger uh, to go forward in this community. We have talked a lot about the problems, uh, a lot about what the solutions to the problems might be. I, you mentioned that the immediate impact, uh, especially when it comes to policing, is being uh, seen already. When should we expect things to turn around, though? I mean, it's clear that the issue in its entirety is never going to go away and we're never going to just wipe gun violence uh, off the face of the earth or even off the face of a city uh, our size but when should we see whether it's these uh, community groups uh, whether it's policing um, how are you going to measure and when are you expecting to see that tangible impact of everything we've talked about over the last two weeks well, we, we, 
we measure crime stats um, uh, daily. Uh, we also have to uh, measure how things are going based on uh, the relationships that we build with members of the community. Uh, we are seeing now that we are getting uh, good information from members of the community on different crimes, and certainly uh, we are thankful to the community uh, for coming forward with information on a number of shootings in the city of Buffalo. Uh, we are getting good information from the public and making progress in those investigations. Uh, people need to use uh, the police uh, tip call number, the tip line number, which is 847-2255. If they know something about a violent crime, if they know someone who has illegal weapons, who's selling illegal weapons, if they know someone who is selling illegal drugs, they can call the police tip line number 847-2255. We've demonstrated that when we partner with the community and get good information from the community, crime can be prevented. Uh, uh, criminals who have perpetrated crime on the community uh, can be apprehended. So we're doing a whole range of things now. As you know, uh, your discussion this morning has been excellent. Uh, we're partnering with U.S. Attorney J.P. Kennedy. We're partnering uh, with Congressman Brian Higgins. We're partnering uh, with District Attorney John Flynn. We're partnering with the various uh, peacemaking organizations, peacemakers, Back to Basics, uh, GYC Ministries, Mad Dad, Stop the Violence, Fathers, uh, no More Tears, and on and on and on, the peace organization. Uh, so those partnerships are real. They're strong. Uh, those partners having more resources uh, to engage in a variety of different initiatives on the ground um, uh, and to interrupt violence, to resolve conflicts, uh, having credible messengers in the community, uh, you know, people who have been in the community for a long time, uh, who have gone through some of these same problems and come through themselves, uh, that's important to be being able to solve these issues. We've ramped up employment opportunities uh, for young people. An additional 500 jobs will be available uh, for our youth this summer. We've started an Earn While You Learn program so students can go to summer school, uh, get caught up on learning loss that was suffered dur during the pandemic and still get paid as they're learning in summer school. Uh, young people can go to summer school and uh, get caught up and graduate on time through the Earn While You Learn program. We've got an initiative at the Northland Workforce Training Center uh, where we will be scholarshipping uh, residents of the city of Buffalo to get trained in advanced manufacturing at uh, at the Workforce Training Center. So there are so many different things happening right now, and all these additional resources uh, that are coming in are making it possible for us to do all of these things that will make an, a difference uh, in violent crime that we're seeing in, in this city. Now, also, uh, the pandemic played a major role in this because the normal uh, connections, relationships, interactions uh, that all of these entities were able to have with the community just stopped abruptly. Now all of those things um, are ramping up 
and we will uh, be seeing a difference. We will see this going in the other direction, but it's a matter of all hands being on deck, all entities in the community working together. It's no one entity that's going to be able to solve the issue of violence by uh, themselves. Uh, it's clergy, it's community, uh, it's local, it's state, it's federal law enforcement agencies, it's youth-serving uh, agencies. It's all of us working together that are going to make a difference in these issues. You mentioned state in that. Uh, we spoke last week, um, and uh, one of the things we talked about was this bail reform law. And you said that you were um, voicing your uh, concerns about how this is being implemented to uh, you know on that state level uh, what have you heard in the time since back in, in terms of lawmakers on a state level people who are making those decisions looking at these issues uh, i think um lawmakers are looking at those issues uh, uh, i'm not the only one talking about it law enforcement professionals all across the state um are voicing their concerns it's not that People are opposed uh, to um, people who have committed my, minor crimes, not nonviolent crimes, uh, uh, low-income individuals who have been involved in minor crimes, uh, youthful uh, individuals who have been involved in very minor nonviolent crimes, uh, having um, bail reform. That makes sense. Uh, but people who have um, been engaged in violent crime, uh, people who are in possessions of, of we in possession of weapons, uh, people who have broken into people's homes, uh, those crimes have to be looked at differently. Um, many people are sending those messages. Certainly not me. I know that there are some people uh, looking at that uh, in Albany, uh, but we also have to realize that there are some people. Uh, that don't believe there should be any kind of consequences uh, when people commit crime. Uh, that's simply unrealistic. Uh, that That is an unrealistic notion. Uh, and those kinds of notions uh, contribute to an increase in crime and violence in our community. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about public input. When it comes to this, yesterday we saw a meeting of the uh, pol um, I'm trying I'm, the word is escaping me. Uh, police advisory board, uh, basically in the Buffalo Common Council, uh, where the public had an opportunity to ask questions of the police commissioner, and it seemed to be coming from I, I, idealist ideas um, from people who are you know looking at things and trends they see online and taking that into the community, uh, a lot of these questions were focused on white supremacy in the police force, which, you know, obviously is something that you don't want to see. But we're talking about using a, a valuable opportunity for the public to ask questions of police in Buffalo, and we're using some theoretical thing that we may have seen in some other part of the country uh, a week after a three-year-old was shot here in Buffalo. I, do you want to see more public involvement to, you know, maybe bring to light what the real issues that people who are living in the city want to know about? You know, public involvement has to be real public involvement. Uh, 
It can't just be with special interest groups. Uh, and some of these public meetings being held only attract special interest groups that have one perspective and the perspective of the entire community, uh, the perspective of the general public is not being heard in, in these meetings. Um, what the police department uh, does, which people should know about and have been resumed, are meetings at each of our five police districts on a monthly basis. Uh, so members of the public uh, that have concerns, that have ideas, uh, that want to report something can come to those district police meetings um, every month in all five uh, police districts in the city of Buffalo. Those, those meetings are more authentic. Those meetings are, are real because real people that live in the communities near the district police stations are able to come out and express their concerns. The police commissioner and I have resumed uh, meetings out in neighborhoods that have been hard hit by crime where the police commissioner and his management staff spend the whole day working uh, in a neighborhood, uh, interacting with the neighborhood uh, and listening to people, talking to people, building relationships with people, uh, getting information from, from people. Those things are authentic. They're real. It gives real people the opportunity uh, that don't have a bias, uh, that, that don't have some idealistic notion that they're trying to push to get real information uh, from the public. And I think these meetings where only activists come out, you know, who want to defund police or who see um, uh, bad circumstances having, happening in other communities and then want to make that the circumstance in this community is not the right approach. That is Mayor Byron Brown. He joined Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski. Earlier this week, there has been an invite extended to India Walton, and we hope she joins us soon. If you missed any of my interviews this morning with Congressman Brian Higgins, with Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun, or with Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns, those are available on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app, as well as the interview with Mayor Byron Brown from A New Morning earlier this week, also available on demand at WBEN.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 